everybody it's head to table again how's it going i'm tom rawson and i am the inimitable tom snowden and yes this is head to table it's the podcast where two friends design a brand new tabletop rpg that you can play with your friends uh and we're going to design it right now in front of you uh you ready to design some games tom yeah man always well first of all as always i want to start us off with a tom and tom's game nomicon where i ask you to uh, explain a piece (laughs) Uh, a, a word, a term from the gaming lexicon to those that how, might not be aware. How can there be more words left, Tom? We've done so many. We have done many of this this foul tome, this unspeakable <laughs> book of gaming evil. Uh, but I've got one that's complete. The dead will rise from their graves <laughs> and consume play Dungeons the and living <laughs> in games of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, could you please explain to me the term theatre of the mind? I can indeed. Okay, so in a lot of RPGs, when you want to uh, have like an encounter or some kind of uh, like battle or something, you might choose to draw a map of it uh, and and lay out what the people see and uh, draw out the dungeon that they're exploring or the, the strange ruins that they, they're visiting. Um, so often you, you draw the things out on like, like gridded paper, for example, and you, people sometimes even have little miniature figures of their of their people or... Uh, little uh, little like figures that represent monsters that they might encounter. Theatre of the Mind is the alternative version where you don't do any of that. <laughs> you just use the power of your imagination. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the rich earth that is contained within your mind tank um, <laughs> to, to plant seeds of, uh, of the DM's discretion. And from those, you grow rich mind fruit, uh, <laughs> depicting, depicting the world in which you are, you are all sharing. Exactly. Uh, Marvellous, Tom. And an element of it is preference, but I think some systems are far more uh, keen to set as Dungeons and Dragons, <clears> for example, really does need a grid system for fights where the whole thing does come down to a kind of miniatures game, right? A lot of the rules of the game depict that certain spells and weapons have ranges and squares and, and movements. Yeah, I mean, it's very. I mean, I think it, I think it is like you say. It's it's somewhat down to personal preference. Uh, I mean, D and D is a funny one because D and D is like such a, a fight heavy game. Like so mm. much of the mm. rules of D and like more than half of those books is like you know just about rules for fighting. Them's, yeah, them yeah, yeah. fighting words. And then it's like you know at that point, like to make the most of that game in a way, it's like and to have all the richness of the tactics and stuff. Um, yeah, having like the the board and stuff really helps with that. Um, but yeah, not yeah as you say, not every game requires it. And and I'm sure there are styles of play of D and D as well where it works. Uh, uh, works perfectly well without it as well. Oh, entirely. Like, I'm getting mad into Call of Cthulhu at the moment, like really pouring over a lot of that stuff. And uh, the game is very good in that it's designed in such a way that it really does give the players freedom to... It forces them to to role-play instead. It's less about... With D&D, the way the system is, you often end up thinking of it, playing it like you are playing a, a computer game in many ways. Whereas Call of Cthulhu really pushes you to try and explain what you're doing. And you can tell like part of it, you'll have like some ranges in there for what makes sense but even like moving on your turns it's very flexible and elastic it's like i don't know man like just go with it uh, and i think it's, it's, it feels like a happy medium i mean 
looking forward to playing a few games with you later on, Tom. Nice. I am looking forward to it too. But not on this podcast. Right, Tom, I've got an idea for a game I want to make with you right now. Oh, shit. It sounds so urgent. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tom, I have one hour to deliver this game. I need you. I'm in big trouble. Oh, oh God. Okay, okay, okay. We, we've practiced this. I owe a Let's guy go. some money, and he says if I don't give him a working tabletop RPG in the next hour, he's going to hurt me. <laughs> okay, Tom. Okay, Tom. I'm here for you. I've got your back. Uh, and actually, what I want to do, Tom, is to make a game around... Uh, so a, a dramatic tool that appears in, in a lot of material, and that is the act of going undercover in some sense. Uh, okay. The idea of um, being a mole inside a group where you're trying to you know, pretend to be one of a certain group of individuals to get Let's close see. enough without breaking cover. Um, so a mole pretending to be a human. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Clever. Be that a mole dressed up as a human. Or, you know, we see it a lot in um, various sort of mob movies, you know, pe- moles undercover in various uh, mafia families. Or even I was also thinking, I suppose it also works if you want to do an RPG about Jane Goodall. Uh, slowly. Uh, okay. Do you think? Do you think Jane Goodall convinced those chimpanzees that she was a chimpanzee? Isn't that what she did? I thought she went in and like. I know uh, she sort of hung out with them, but I don't know if they were kind of like. Wow, that's a it's an odd looking chimpanzee, but I guess I'm pretty sure I've seen the video. She's like, "Hey, my fellow, my fellow chimpanzees, how's it going? Just another chimp here. What are we doing? Eating fruit, huh? Yeah, I love me some fruit." And they're like, "All right, she's cool." Skateboard <laughs> slung over her shoulder. Hello, yeah. fellow chimpanzees. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then once she got in, they were like, "All right, Jane, you're one of us now." And that's when they like they flip, they pull down uh, the, they flip around the board and show the plans to rob the local uh, jungle bank. Wow. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So was that, that was the ploy all along. <laughs> exactly. And that's how Jane Goodall single-handedly brought down the most powerful jungle crime family. <laughs> 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 so that's my idea tom uh you on board uh yeah i mean I'm, I'm still mostly thinking about jane goodall but yes yes i know you want an hour to live let's let's focus our minds <laughs> exactly so i think that the cornerstone we need to have here i think is that essentially you're gonna be making decisions playing this game and doing things that will either convince people that you are one of them or doing things that mm. raise suspicion that maybe you're not who you say you are so the way I see this is kind of like a sliding scale where on one side uh, you've got like the uh, your pure self, your true self, and on the mm. other side you have um, the, the character you are portraying while you're undercover, right? Okay. And I think cool. while you play the game, the challenge is to keep yourself somewhere in the middle. I think like it's a lose, right? If either you can you be to yourself and you get found out and killed for it or you become so much you get too close oh, you're too invested okay. you, fully, you become so invested in that character you sort of you, become the thing you hated exactly Damn. and okay, then you have to fire yeah, a I gun like into the sky ah bang 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 <laughs> bang bang bang, bang. <laughs> no I, I like this i like this a lot so it ends in it ends in like three ways based on what you said so you either you either you either uh, achieve your objective you get found out or you end up becoming one of the exactly. one of the organization exactly okay so what what are what do our like uh challenges look like in this so i guess i guess the sort of logical challenge is is moments of suspicion rising uh in in a in the group right yeah uh, we, yeah are all of our checks going to focus on on like suspicion or should we like have i don't think i think it needs to be that when you're doing something that is going to move that marker along the scale, either closer to self or closer to the character, 
a flight, if you say like, oh, I want, I'm going to, you know, beat that person up, there might not even be a skill role involved. And maybe the GM says, okay, but if you do that, I want you to know that I'm going to move this one marker this way. And a lot of times I think it might correlate with, with the skill maybe as well as in like how you pull it off. So if, for example, you're being quizzed about something by somebody like, oh, then how do you, do you know Mikey, the gorilla? <laughs> Back to the chimp mouth again. Uh, and if you succeed on that, then that's a, a point in the character way, maybe. Or if you fail, more importantly, it's a point towards one or two points towards the, the self. Okay. Essentially, there is no there is no hard and fast. The GM has complete arbitration on when something moves you in one of the two directions. Like I'm thinking literally almost like a, a health bar. We have minus 10 on one end and 10 on the other, say. And you're constantly moving between these and it, hitting the edge. Is, is 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 a lose condition. So I'm still I'm still sort of like coming back to what what exactly are the challenges we're facing here. Oh, so I get oh, I get oh. the health bar and the mechanics of how we yeah. want to stay in the center. But what, what are the challenges we're facing and how do we decide whether we succeed or fail and what does that mean for for the health bar? Some things are kind of obvious, right? Like your boss is like, "Hey, uh shoot that baboon. He displeases me." Uh <laughs> And if you say, like, nah, man, I ain't doing it, it's like, well, okay, that's obviously going to arouse a bit of suspicion, maybe. And then other things, maybe a lot of it is in these tense sort of dramatic, you know, it, you know, like the films, these, the tensest one is where you think someone knows something and you're not sure. Mm. It's like those awkward tune for us. Oh, have you ever seen, like, Inglorious Bastards? I have, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah like that some of those scenes where you, you don't bar know. Bar scene stuff you, is... Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot. <laughs> so let's see if we can make a mechanic for that then. A lot of, an extra mechanic for, for tense showdowns how can we capture something where the threat is just ratcheting up higher and higher okay yeah i like this um i think what makes sense is it's kind of a a push your luck thing right like maybe if you choose to leave early so in the case of that bar scene in inglorious bastards if they had just been like let's just leave it would have raised suspicion but maybe not enough to blow everything instead they they double down you know, and that's what slowly ratchets up. They stay and, they, you know, they, they stare back at the bear, mm, the metaphorical yeah, bear, not the character in the film that's also called the bear. Um, <laughs> wow, you have a much better memory of Inglorious Bastards than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the issue I have with it at the moment is, so the sort of, in terms of what's happening with points and dice and pieces, you want to capture something almost like playing poker, right? Where, like, you're getting more tense as there's more on the line. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on one hand, you can say, I've got a couple of ideas where it's as if you're you're sort of investing dies almost that represent yourself and your character. And the more die in there, the more scary it is when you roll them and see like which one out maybe. And maybe it's enough that it blows your cover. The issue I have with this though is why would you ever keep adding the die in? Like it's always scarier. Okay. I think I, I think I've I think I've like got a, a coolish idea. Yeah, which is which is that we we actually do like the whole of like rather rather than just focusing on those scenes that are that are that are like the the ones where you're being challenged. Yeah, I say we we have to collect dice until a challenge. Yes, yes, so Tom, yes. Every time you fail, maybe you maybe you end up adding to the pile. So it's like at the end, the challenge is all of the things you didn't like that weren't that convincing to people. 
I see, I see, yes, okay. So you still kind of get through the scene, but then, like, at the end, you've got this heap of dice that you're going to have to roll, and... <sighs> yeah, we're close to this, I like it. So every time you fail a check, right, okay, bear with me. Every time you fail a check throughout the throughout the sequence that leads up to the challenge, so the heist or the, the somehow spying mission or yeah. the whatever, whatever number of things you're you, doing within the group, yeah. Whatever it is you're doing, you every time you fail, you're adding to this heap of dice for the challenge at the end. Um, and you want to, your, 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 as you say, your, your health bar goes from plus 10 to minus 10. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to keep in the middle as much as possible throughout the game. Yeah. And then at the very end, all of these failed dice are like evidence against you almost. And you have to roll right. all of them and not go off the edge. Like, so at the end, you're going to have to either do like a, like either get the attention off you somehow or like do a show of loyalty, like, you know, kill someone else in the gang who you know has done something dodgy yeah for example like you know it's it's dave the ratted us out dave the the rhesus monkey (laughs) but the point is you roll all of the failed dice and obviously like the more you have the more the risk that you're going to go off the edge one way or the other the only issue i have is because you only get them when you fail so if you fail to non-fatally shoot the guard shall we say <clears throat> i guess that would give you like a character die right because you've accidentally done something which makes you look like you're one of them yeah right yeah and vice versa if, if i then try to um well crack the bank vault and i fail that makes me look more like myself the only issue i have then is because you only get the dice on a fail yeah the issue is there's no real way to <laughs> there is no real way to directly try and affect that if i'm like oh i need some self dice let me try and do some nice self things well how about we set up a a third pool of dice then that is that is proof or or like uh or deception or something or proof or or, you know something like that right uh that is if you if you spectacularly succeed on anything during the during the game yeah you get additional dice that you can use to like counter anything of your choice like either self or character at the end nice i'm into that so is that through just crits alone or maybe we should go powered by the apocalypse and have it like 10 plus you get you get one of these proof dice oh i like yeah that makes sense actually mixed mixed success you don't i love it uh but you but you succeed and a six less you fail yeah perhaps you can just start with three skills that you've but you just say at the start three skills you prepared that if the gm agrees are appropriate you get a plus one to the roll Ooh, how about you start with assets so like so like in powered by these apocalypse kind of games you start with like like three or four expendable things where you can take a plus one on a on a thing but they are you have to explain you know physically the thing you've secreted about your person that will help you uh yeah i like that let's do that three assets yeah that you've taped to yourself in some way but like maybe you don't have to declare them at the start you declare them during the game yeah 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 yeah. three asset points that you can expend i like that uh, into the game to give you some kind of bonus that's very good all right, then. So, well, there's a lot there to unpack. Um, I say we just jump in and head to table and, and show people what we're, t- what we're chatting about here. Yeah, yeah, all right. Let's do it. Let's head to table. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Tom, before we do a quick recap and play the game, uh, 
I have a segment for oh. you. Oh, 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 okay. It's a return of a segment from a few episodes ago. I would like to play with you, Tom, another section of Bread to Table. Okay, Tom, uh, so here's just the sort of theme, the, the correlation with what we've been discussing previously. Uh, yeah, I am, I am curious about this, like uh, <laughs> bread, bread and undercover. In 2013, there was a real crackdown in Johannesburg against the bread mafia. Uh, what the a, hell is the bread mafia? <laughs> an organisation of bakers that were exerting their control over the... Uh, baked goods industry to to force out the competition the head of the bread mafia was taken to court and was charged with a a number of criminal charges through his role in the bread mafia i'm gonna give you four of those charges tom and you have to tell me which one of them was not initially uh he charged with in court okay okay wow number one murder oh (laughs) jeez The dough runs red this time of year. <laughs> number two, extortion. Okay. Number three, forgery. And number four, embezzlement. Jesus, I mean, this is really hard. <laughs> I know, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> Get yourself um, in the mind of a bad baker. Well, can you copyright... Like, is there is there any famous kind of like works of bread art that he would forge? Because I feel like wait that's... a minute, that's not a signature <laughs> loaf. Yeah, that's... that's not even a bloomer. <laughs> ah, you caught me. Uh, right. Um... Why are we still in this trade? We need the dough, so we need the dough. Oh. <laughs> that was one just for you, Tom. Well, thank you. Switch one of these was this naughty, naughty boy not charged. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with forgery just because I, I can't understand how a baker would, unless he's like somehow made a, a one-to-one likeness of the Mona Lisa out of bread. <laughs> and they only, they only noticed in the, in the Louvre when it started rotting and like falling apart. Like, wait a second. Well, Tom, I also don't know exactly what he forged, but nonetheless, he was charged with forgery. I'm afraid Jesus. you failed, bread to table. Uh, he was not charged with embezzlement. Ah, forget about it. <laughs> hey, that was good. Well, that was bread to table, Tom. Well, um, I'm glad I now know about the bread mafia. The yeah. One, the one thing I thought was still pure in this world. <laughs> bread Anyway, before we now play our game, Tom, could you give us uh, just a quick recap of the rules? Okay, so our game is about going undercover in some kind of organisation. And basically, you have a a kind of health 
pool, uh, which extends in, in both directions. So you, you start at zero, uh, and you can go from plus to minus 10. And as you head to plus 10, you are becoming more your character, the, the false persona you've created for yourself uh, whilst you are uh, going undercover. Uh, and as you head to minus 10, uh, it is becoming more obvious to the, the group you are infiltrating that you are not, in fact, one of them. Exactly that, Tom. And while you are uh, undercover uh, within this group, you're going to be doing various jobs with them, uh, you know, performing tasks alongside them, heists or, or breakouts, whatever it might be that you're doing. Uh, and when you're doing that, there's going to be uh, a skill check of something that, that you need to do. Um, on a mixed success, uh, you, you've successfully done what you were trying to do. On a fail, not only have you failed, but uh, you're going to add a die to a dice pool, uh, either a self die or a character die uh, that gets put aside in a, in, a, in a die pool, depending on sort of what the task was. If you failed to do something that would have been in character, you'll get a self die. If you failed to do something that would have been yourself, you're going to get a character die, uh, et cetera, et cetera. If, however, you get a full success, not only do you succeed in what you're trying to do, but you get a, what did we call them again, Tom? Uh, I think we call proof, them proof, proof or die, evidence. Yeah, proof, proof. die. Uh, <laughs> you, you get a sort of an extra point that at the very end of the of the a task encounter, you get to add a die of your type into that pool as well. So all these dice come together, mixing these pool. What happens with this pool of dice, Tom? Okay, so at the end of the mission or the heist or whatever you've been you've been sent off to to do, uh, you will be challenged by someone in the team, uh, challenged to show your loyalty and prove that you are in fact one of them. Uh, and the idea is that you have these three pools of dice. So you have uh, character, self, and proof. And the idea is you have a threshold of each of those, as we said earlier, from, from your kind of health. Um, and so if you get to 10 in character or self, you've essentially failed the game in different ways. So you take these pools of dice in turn. So you start with character, uh, and you roll all of your character dice, uh, and if you get above a 10, then you have failed and you have sort of become one of the team. You've uh, you've lost any touchstone or, or, or semblance of your of your previous self, your previous identity, and have have become one of the of this uh, this group of criminals, essentially. Um, but you can, <laughs> if that happens, choose to counter the the role you made with proof. These are dice you got from succeeding. Uh, so you can roll a proof die and try and bring down that score back below 10. Then you have to roll the set of self die uh, and attempt to not be outed as someone that's not in fact a member of the group at all, that someone's working against them. Uh, and again, if you roll above 10 on that pool of dice, then you, you are uh, outed to the group, um, but you can also counter those with the proof die. So the idea is to get the fewest number of die possible, mm -hmm. so you're minimising the risk of going above these thresholds, and as many proof dice as possible, so you have the versatility to, to bring these rolls back down if you need to. Fantastic. That's our game. Let's do it. All right, Tom, are you happy for me to be your handler for this game? Uh, I assume that that's the word that you're using for, for GM. And, uh... Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I see. I, I, I guess see so. how it is. <laughs> yes, of course I am, Tom. So the year is this year, 2019. There has recently been a fire at London Zoo and... A number of animals went missing during this inferno. Really? Any, uh, any particular type of animal? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. Primarily 
the apes. Those damn dirty apes. <laughs> the, the primates. Um, and in fact, ever since this fire, there's been a number of reported break-ins. Um, and, and although they've left no video evidence or, or like clear discernible evidence of, of who's there, witnesses swear they've seen apes, <laughs> literal apes, um, breaking into secure facilities, uh, particularly to do with like research, uh, science, uh, institutions, a uh, number of the, the universities and laboratories uh, across London. And yeah, you've, for whatever reason, your your organisation uh, is tasked with with stopping this threat and your, your superiors have informed you that they believe that the primates that escaped, uh, the primates that, that apparently died in the the fire of uh, of London Zoo, have in fact escaped to the sewers, uh, and are somehow <laughs> plotting some kind of terrible, terrible plan down there in the darkness. <laughs> and let me guess, um, this is what I say to the police chief. And let me guess, you want me to stop it before things go bananas. Now that's enough monkeying around, <laughs> D.I. And we're about to get an introduction to your character. <laughs> I know what I was picked, Chief. Uh, I am Harry Oldman. Uh, however, while undercover, my name will be Harry Old Monkey. <laughs> 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 or Old Ape, obviously. Sorry, Harry Old Ape. Um, and I am uh, one of the best detectives in the London police force. But primarily, I used to actually be a zookeeper. Uh, not at London Zoo, at um, Chester Zoo instead. And uh, oh, okay. I, I worked closely with the apes. And I think I, I can tell <laughs> from the looks of the expressions, like in the room, they know I'm the best man for the job, but some of them are worried I'm a bit too close. And, that, you know, I'm, it's, yeah. it's, it's a risk sending me in there. I'm the closest thing they have to an ape, and this mission could just push me over the line. So, okay, so Harry Oldman, you, you can take three assets mm-hmm. uh, at the start of the game, uh, which will allow you to add uh, numbers to your roles. I also um, think um, due to the, obviously, the, 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 the tense nature of this game, I think you should declare before you roll if you're going to use an asset or not. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, and I think we will start off the action. The the London Met have actually opened up a, a sewer entrance. They believe is near to the source of the action. So you are you have made your way down into the into the uh, the entrails of of London sewer below. It's it's smelly down here. Smells like a gorilla's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you hear in the distance uh, like a <laughs> oh, oh god that would be my ass <laughs> uh and you see kind of like coming out on like knuckles uh this uh this large silverback gorilla and it kind of looks you up and down and uh you describe to me what how are you how are you disguised uh to to appear as a normal ape to these i'm in like a, a cheap primark monkey onesie <laughs> I, look, I look like gary oldman um like, like his role in batman I got that thick mustache and the round glasses i'm just in like a cheap, slightly too small onesie <laughs> the little monkey is <laughs> Okay, I, like, I, I'm uh, not this... even walking on all fours. I'm just walking upright like a man. <laughs> like a man. <laughs> Impressive. This, uh, this, 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 this gorilla clearly stepping out of the shadows, knuckles and all. For it's like a. I was worried you were a human, but now I see that uh, you were one great ape. <laughs> <laughs> he comes forwards and he's like uh he like comes to embrace you he's like 
Come here, brother. Oh, sure enough, I, I clap him firmly on the back as well. I say, and I ooh, ooh, ah, ah to you too. Uh, and I sort of mildly <laughs> sort of bat my chest going, ooh. You know the words of the olden country, eh? Yeah. Ooh, ooh, ah to you too. I, can't, I heard there were some apes that still gave a shit about our kind around here. Is that a sewer joke? Because we love fucking sewer jokes. <laughs> it sure was. Who who do I have to throw my shit at to get a drink around here? <laughs> well, my name's Norman. Let, let me take you to uh, let me take you to the the boss man. It's like, I want to cut to like the police like the handlers <laughs> with, like, with the headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the police handler it cuts to the police handler and all he's hearing is terrifying like screeches and ape sounds like, <laughs> like slamming of chest um, <laughs> and he's like he's like he's like shaking his head uh, you see that like with the camera is focusing on the police handler and he's like god damn it harry i hope you've got this <laughs> Uh, and uh and norman sort of leads you you back deeper down the the sewer tunnels uh the the flowing water ever onwards mm. uh, and, and ahead of you you see a a small kind of chamber opening up that's a dull kind of glow Ooh. coming from it uh and uh and you can hear like this kind of chatting of, of numerous apes and as you come around the the corner you see uh, a group of, of great apes, uh, an orangutan, a bonobo, a chimpanzee, uh, some kind of gibbon is, is sat atop this 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 kind of table area they, they've made up. And you can see that there's like a, a, like a whole bunch of scientific equipment behind them, vats, uh, and, and this strange uh, glass vat that seems to be seems to be filled with this this glowing uh, gas like substance. And you swear you see something moving inside of the inside of this uh, inside of this chamber. Um, and you see stepping around the corner from this from this chamber, fiddling with a some some device. It's, it's holding like a they're, they're holding some kind of uh, like tools in the, in their hand uh, and mm. and fiddling with this machinery. You see an ape like like nothing you've ever seen before. It looks kind of stranger, uh, older. It has kind of red, kind of sunken eyes. Uh, it, it's its fur seems to have have kind of lost a lot of its its luster and is is kind of come out in big clumps. Uh, it's bare in, in most places. Uh, and and the others like turn to to face Norman. Uh, the, the gibbon leaps down off the table and is like, hey, 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 what do we got here then? Hey, wh- wh- what, what are you? Can't you see I'm an ape? Like you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but what? Hey, wait, are you, you having a, a go at me just because you think I'm a lesser ape? Gibbons, Gibbons are apes too. I think I, uh, I'm gonna smack him across the face and said, "I didn't come here to talk oh. to some stinking, practically a monkey. I'm here to speak with the pack alpha." The uh, the one the one who's fiddling with the the, the tools uh, sort of is coming out and uh, lets out this kind of like, <laughs> "Ah, yes, I see you have uh, met Lars. He is uh, quite uh, irritating." <laughs> You're telling I me. Am, I am Klaus. I have not seen an ape of your kind in millennia. Klaus, eh? I'm Harry. Harry old ape. Hmm. I'm an ape. A pleasure to meet <laughs> you. How did you find us down here? I just followed the smell of shit. <laughs> he uh, he laughs uh, and does a poo in his hand <laughs> uh, and then throws it forcefully at you. He's like... 
that is a greeting amongst my people. <laughs> a sign of great affection. I'm like, oh, uh, yes, of course. And I'm like, come on, Harry. Will you return the, the favour? Uh, yes. And I'm like, come on, Harry. <laughs> so Scott Dungeon and, and put all my focus into indeed shitting in my hand and throwing it back at Klaus. <clears throat> that is wonderful shit. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and he, he, you sort of, you sort of uh, spend some time with these people and it, it's revealed uh, across the thing, the various names of them. So you've got Norman, the gorilla, mm-hmm. uh, Suma, the orangutan, Lars, the gibbon, uh, Marky, the bonobo, and Pant, the chimpanzee who, who wears trousers. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> his one concession to uh, to his his uh, his past with humans, um, but but Klaus eventually as they they sort of get to know you you better is like uh, is like tell me Harry do you know of science what is Klaus by the way what kind of ape is Klaus ooh that is that is tricky to know give me give me a, a check okay I rolled a ten full success. Shit, well, take a bonus point. Nice. Um, he is something that should be extinct. He is, in fact, a uh, proconsul Africanus, uh, an extinct class of ape. Oh, golly. Uh, gosh knows how, how you've ever uh, heard of anything like this. So. Yeah, the zookeeper in me is amazed. I'm like, wow. Do, do you mention it yeah, to Yeah, I say, like, you're a... And then I insert the words that you just said. I'm going... <laughs> a proconsul Africanus. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that you were all extinct. <laughs> it is true, many of my kind are dead. I was bitten by a, a human vampire <laughs> by the name of Dracula. <laughs> I have lived for a great many centuries below the earth, <laughs> awaiting my time when we could rise up and sweep the overland from those foolish, naked, furless humans. So, y- yeah. Too right, bro. I knew you would see it our way ever since you threw that shit at my face. <laughs> yes, you're welcome for that, by the way. And I say, uh, but to answer your question, I have heard tell of science. Sounds like filthy human magics, though, if you ask me. Indeed, but it is useful, or it can be. Uh, tell me, Harry, uh, what do you think it is that truly sets the humans apart from us, that that makes them top of the, the food chain, able to survive, to, to ruin our forests, to keep us in their cages. What what difference is there truly between them and us? I'm going to go with the guns, Klaus. <laughs> guns are impressive, but no. Oh. It is the clothing. Oh. He goes, he walks over to his, his tank, uh, the one that has this strange glowing, like, fumes inside it, uh, and he taps, like, a couple of buttons on it, and he's like, and what is the enemy of clothing? I'm going to go with moths. Aha! And you, he presses a button, and the, 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 the fog clears, and he's like, witness my beautiful, genetically engineered moth creatures. I'm like, oh, oh my, like, I start sort of sweating, I'm like, oh, God, it's beautiful. I have created them to even the playing field between us and the foolish humans sounds brilliant class why don't you and me alone go up and release them right now you see it is not so easy they must be released from a very tall place but not so far away that it's hard to get to so like close to regent's park (laughs) where we escaped from the bt tower of course norman is like uh norman is like 
so do, do you want to help us then? We're, we're going to try and get to the top of the tower and release all these muffs. I say, sure, let's get to it. And yeah, sure enough, the afternoon sort of goes by relatively uneventfully. They, they sort of say they're going to go uh, in the, the night uh, to head up to, to this, this, this place. Um, and sure enough, uh, night comes. And they've, they've sort of outlined a, a rough plan. They're going to head across the sewers as close as they can get uh, and, then, and then try and break in. Uh, they have to carry this tank with them, which is going to be Norman's job, seeing as he's the biggest of yeah. you. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they're, 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 they're welcoming. Basically, their plan is pretty, uh, is pretty foolish because they have the brains of monkeys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, great apes. Yeah, come on now. Pr- pretty good apes. They have the brains of pretty good apes, uh, but, they, but you know, any any interjection you want to make would uh, would be fine with them. I'm going to say uh, as we're going up, I'm like, this is a genius plan, Klaus. This will show those humans and their good for nothing clothes who's boss. But be <laughs> careful, Klaus. I wouldn't put it past the humans to plant someone inside. And don't you think one person here, one ape here, seems to be very fond of clothes and I sort of gesture towards pants the the, uh, the chimpanzee hmm I have been wondering about that myself I explained my plan to him in great detail and yet he does not seem to understand the effect it will have on your pants oh pants (laughs) 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 pants is just like I love my pants I'm kind of can I just also get a perception check on pants I'm really worried that he's accidentally like an Interpol agent that's like (laughs) <laughs> also in that's going to throw us all off yeah yeah roll a double roll 2d6 okay. i got a nine mixed success mm. interestingly you do sense from pants that there is something else going on yeah like like just a little bit like you're like uh you're not 100 percent certain what this is but he does seem like unusual for a chimpanzee mm. this is an easy rookie error for newbie detectives they always forget the pants it's a dead giveaway. It's like that putting in glorious bastards. We accidentally used the wrong numbers. And just for three. Wait a minute. He's wearing pants. Uh, these are my ape pants. Anyway, okay. So we're, we're ready to storm BT Tower. Okay. Uh, so you you head up into the into the the, the streets above, uh, and sure enough, it's a it's a it's a quiet ish night. But I think the first the first thing that happens is uh, is you see stumbling out of a of an alleyway this kind of this kind of drunk looking guy who's uh who's clearly just been down there having a having a piss, and he sort of is like, uh, uh, "What the hell's all this then? What, what, what is, you're a bunch of apes." And uh, Kloss says to, to you, he's like, uh, we can't have any witnesses. K- kill him. I'm like, uh, yes, sir. And I sort of swing over with ape-like dexterity, uh, whooping and a hollering, and I get my hairy arms around him, and I'm choking it, and I, I, wa- I want to knock him unconscious with like a sort of a judo grip, but I'm going to make it look like I've snapped his neck. Okay, uh, go ahead. Roll 2d6. Eight partial success. Jeez, you are nailing this. Um, uh, yeah, you uh, you do uh, exactly that. You uh, you throw him over your shoulder, judo throw style, uh, and uh, and like it looks fairly impressive from the distance. He slams into far wall and like collapses in the he goes, and you kind of get the feeling he's been knocked out cold. Uh, and the others are laughing, uh, and Kloss is like, hmm, 
Truly, we are more impressive than they. Your mighty strength able to throw him against that wall. <laughs> the strength of an ape, I trust. Exactly. An ape. And I say, um, I'm very aware that I need to kind of like contact my boss. I'm like, by the way, I just need to have an ape smoke. Be back in five? Oh, the humans got to you too, trained you to smoke their cigarettes for their amusement. Yes. I too have been addicted to their nicotine. Damn them. By all means. Filthy things. Anyway. Might I suggest learning to vape? It has helped me immensely. <laughs> I have been ripping fat cotton clouds for days. Ah, that he, explains he pulls that. Out, he pulls out an impressive looking rig. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Do I have to take a do I have to take a, a roll for that obvious lie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a five. <laughs> His eyes narrow, and he's like, "You do not think raping is cool at all? Uh, <laughs> go, go have your cigarettes." So is that is, is that a die in the? <laughs> I guess the self pool, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is he is not convinced at all that you are okay. I go and I, so once I'm, beh- I'm behind, like uh, out of sight, I quickly like pull out my phone out from underneath the one seat. I'm like, "Boss, it's Harry." What is going on in there, mate? It sounds mental. Listen, we're about to storm to the top of BT Tower, unleash some killer moths to destroy... Well, not killer moths, but clothes-destroying moths to ruin everyone's clothes. What am I? What do you want me to do? That's their plan. Just... Just... Release some moths. Don't you get it, boss? All clothes! <laughs> with our clothes, we're what? practically apes ourselves. We're talking about the end of the human race, boss. <laughs> oh, I suppose it might be a bit chilly, but... Uh... All right, yeah, all right, look, um, right, we'll, uh, I don't know, um, I guess we'll try and deploy some guards up near the top, maybe interfere, see if we can't uh, stop it. Is there any way that you can sabotage the moths before they get there? I'll do my best, but I can't promise anything. I need you ready with a helicopter. If we launch on them, we need to do it up there where they can't escape easily. If we launch on them now, they'll just scatter to the wind and we won't see them again. All right, for you, Harry, I reckon I can manage to uh, rustle up a couple of choppers. All right, wait for my signal. Old ape out. <laughs> Righto. And uh, then I snap the phone in half and throw it in a bin. And then I'm like, oh, shit, no, I, that, that was my phone, actually. Damn it. Because everyone does it in the films. <laughs> uh, and I go back and I'm like, right, let's uh, re- uh, release some moths. Uh, and they, they're like, uh, is like, yes, let's to the tower. Uh, and you, you soon enough, uh, head across the, the way. Uh, and his first encounter is like, uh, you, you see Klaus like march, uh, happily forwards and he goes to this door and he rattles it and he's like, curse the humans <laughs> and their invention of the lock. <laughs> Our plan is doomed. However, will we succeed? <laughs> <laughs> and uh and uh i think uh i think uh suma is like a oh i've got it boss i i know how to pick locks uh, and class is like oh thank goodness suma <laughs> i thought we were on time oh, i i i wipe a bead of sweat from my from from my head <laughs> um and uh and i think uh i think suma like uh like uh asks you to to come forward and, and hold up some light uh, for her to to pick this lock. So yeah, uh, I think you. I think as you get close to Suma, uh, she sort of looks up at you and she's like, uh, "Your fur looks like an orangutan, but you don't look like or smell like an orangutan." Yes, humans did awful cosmetic experiments on me. They did things to my fur. They made it silky and almost like cheap polyester. 
<laughs> uh, roll, uh, roll to see how well you do on that lie. An eight, partial success. Oh, nice. Uh, uh, sure enough, uh, the lock clicks open uh, and, and they head in and they're like a... As we go in, I whisper like, to Klaus, I say, lock picking her seems like a pretty human skill to me. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Uh, and, uh, and Klaus is like a... Right, we, we need to sort some stuff out here. I, I think they'll have turned the the elevators off, so we need to open, find the stairwell. And uh, uh, you, uh, he points at uh, he points at you, um, points at you, Harry, uh, and he's like, uh, "Go and find the security room. Turn off all the cameras. We can't have them knowing that we were here." Okay, I get I get straight to. I'm like, "You got it, boss." And I uh, I, I slink towards the uh, the door. Okay, so you head off uh, and you you uh, you go to the security room and you find a door. Uh, it appears to be closed. You can see there is some light spilling out from under the the thing. What what do you do? I I'm just gonna open it straight forward and and, and walk in. Uh, you hear like as you open it, you you almost immediately can hear like this kind of loud snore, and then it like stops uh, and uh, and like this this kind of bleary eyed uh, like fella like a uh, like turns blinks twice. Looks up at you and it's like, uh, "Hey, you're a, I and and I and, and hey. I say, it's okay." And I pull down the zipper of my onesie and sort of pull it aside. And you can see it's like my badge, like swinging from my neck underneath it. Behind you, you just hear at that moment, kind of a uh, a Lars being like, "Hey, if you found the security tapes yet, uh, I think one of them saw me. I want to record over it." Uh, roll it, roll it. Well, what are you gonna do? And then roll a check. I'm. So does it seem like he's coming in or he's just shouting from outside? Yeah, he's literally just pushing the door open as you, as you, just as you're unzipping. Was the okay, same I moment. just say, I, I say to him like, oh, play along. And I pull the zipper up and I'm like, just a second, uh, Lars, I just need to have a word with our friend here. You might not want to see this. Uh, Lars is like, uh, Lars is like, <laughs> all right, as long as I can find that tape with me on, uh, I, I don't like pictures of myself, you see. <laughs> uh, and he uh, he goes out and uh, like goes to a VCR and like like hammers on it a few times, like some old piece of kit, and gets out a v- uh, a tape. And it's like uh, he like taps the uh, the guard on the head twice with the tape, and it's like you're gonna have a fun time with our friend here. <laughs> is there is there anything like large and um, blunt in the room? I mean, there are those uh, those uh, tape players, the video. I'm recorders. just gonna pick up a VCR. and I'm like. Yes, just going to take out the trash. Uh, wait, should I knock Lars? Uh, Lars is annoying. I'm just going to smash Lars over the head with a VCR. <laughs> okay, roll. I got a 10, full success. <laughs> okay, wow, perfect. Take another proof dice. Okay, he's out. And uh, I look to the to the guard and I'm like... The guard like the guard like like makes a, a mouth zipping motion and kind of nods and like uh and like kind of like slumps over his desk as though he looks like he's passed out. Okay, uh, uh, and I say, I need you to do me a favor. Um, can you keep the cameras but recording, but like make them stay still so it's not obvious they're recording? It'll be really helpful for evidence in court. He uh, he sort of like he perks back up. He he winks at you uh, and like fiddles some controls and then like like. Uh, flops back down. It's like nice, and he's like, and if anyone asks, uh, well, if any monkeys come in, uh, I mean apes, just pretend to be out cold. Actually, and then I just punch him in the head. <laughs> Oof! He says, "Would you have to do that?" Oh like, god, oh, that really sorry, hurts. Sorry, I thought I'd knock you out. Let me go again, and I punch him again. <laughs> no, it's really hard to. Oh god! 
Crikey, you got a lot of fat around your skull. It's hard to really get in there. Hang on, hang on. maybe you turn the other way. He's, he's, he's bleeding a little bit from the side of his head. He's like, oh, God. Oh. Look, well, I've got to go. You got the picture. Play dead. Okay, please just stop hitting me. Uh, and I, I head out and I, re- I rejoin the group. Okay. Uh, the the rest have seemed to sort of set various things up uh, and uh, and like uh, and like uh, uh, Klaus is like, "Where's Lars? He was supposed to re-engage the the elevators, uh, the, the lifts. They would would have helped us carry the vat up." And uh, uh, Normandy, are you all right to carry it up the stairwell? Uh, and Norman is like, "All right with me, boss." Yeah, Lars. Uh, uh, that. Stupid Gibbon. Uh, he came in, started a bit of a kerfuffle, and uh, yeah, got himself knocked out with a VCR. Real, real bad stuff. <laughs> That's a, he's a, like a Kloss is like, <laughs> that idiot. And sure enough, you, you start going up uh, the stairwell. Uh, and uh, I think uh, it's, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a trek uh, heading up. Uh, you're starting to sweat like pretty profusely <laughs> in your onesie uh, as you, you climb this staircase. Um, and you see uh, Pants is sort of hanging out at the, the back a little bit and it's kind of like, like kind of motions you back. Uh, like kind of, you can see like surreptitiously holds a finger up and motions you back uh, as you're sweating quite profusely. Yeah. I'm like, uh, and, and it, what is it, Pants? I guess you head back and, and, uh, and they, they pause there and he, like you hear this, uh, you see this sort of feminine voice. It's like, look, D.I. Oldman, I, I know why you're here. Look, you're you're blowing my cover. Apes don't sweat like that. God damn it! I knew it was. Oh, goddamn Met sending a newbie, a rookie. Wait a minute. You're not an ape at all, are you? Look, I shouldn't be telling you this, but uh, and uh, and she, like she seems to lift up slightly a a a. a a, a latex mask and you see below like a, a beautiful like femme fatale type type figure yeah uh and she's like uh my name is agent verona i'm with mi5 <sighs> look you're blowing everything here what, what do you mean i th- think i'm helping really good <laughs> she's like you think Klaus doesn't know I mean look at you that's a onesie from Primark and then up from above you hear Klaus this kind of like this this voice uh like echoes down it's like are you two all right down there what's going on um I say uh just a second Klaus just having a private word with pants roll uh roll yeah that was a stupid thing to say oh but I got a full success with a turn. <laughs> Take another proof dice, I so guess. So I quickly say to, um, I say to Agent Verona, I say like, but you're trying to stop this too, right? Look, we, we don't care about the moths. We care about the vampires. <laughs> <laughs> we have to stay undercover for a while longer. Look, Klaus is going to lead us to Dracula. Oh. <laughs> it's practically guaranteed. He's a much bigger threat. I don't care if London doesn't have any fucking clothes. You make a very strong argument. <laughs> vampire I did I did very quickly deal I was very quickly okay with the vampire thing. <laughs> Alright, I'm in. <laughs> right, look. My clothing is made out of latex. The moths aren't going to eat it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> Where are you going with this? <laughs> God Damn it, Oldman! You idiot! Your your items of clothing—they'll be eaten off your flesh. 
Hey, fuck you. This is my job. I can look after myself. Mind your own damn business. All right. All right. Well, whatever you want, but you might want to mop that brow of yours. Keep it together, Yeah, mop your own brow. And I give it a little mop and I carry on up the stairs. <laughs> and sure enough, you soon have reached the, uh, the rotating... God damn it, my five. <laughs> The rotating restaurant at the top of uh, of the BT the, the BT Tower. Uh, Norman Norman has like has like has like refuses to go any further. He's like he's like pinned himself down the ground uh, and is shuddering in terror. He's like, I'm terrified of rotation. I know it has barely any angular rotation, but, but I can't deal with this. And Klaus is like Klaus is like slapping at him. He's like, you idiot, get to your feet. Carry that damn vat! I say... We're almost there! I said to him, don't worry, boss. I guess some of us know what it is to be loyal around here. Oh, bloody hell! <laughs> oh, Christ alive! <laughs> roll to... Roll, roll to... <laughs> roll, roll to prove your ape strength. Oh, not a problem! <laughs> and I get a nine. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I'm trying to give you enough rolls that you might fail, but no! <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so you you sure enough heft this vat further into into the restaurant uh, where already uh, uh, Marky the bonobo has used his crystal tools to uh, to to like cut through one of the uh, the, the panels of glass, uh, which he's like a uh, he's like you want to do the honors. Uh, he's like motioning to the big plane of glass which you can push out onto the streets below. I'm like uh, yes, and I say. Hang on. And I quickly... Is there a, a bathroom? And I go to the bathroom of the restaurant. No, I go to like a supply cupboard. Uh, and they got like a plunger. <laughs> um, roll. Roll to see if you find a plunger. I fail. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you can take a self I point can. then. You come back and they're like... Uh, uh, Marky's like, another cigarette break, huh? I know how it feels. Yes, I have a serious problem. Uh, you might say I need to get this monkey off my back. <laughs> Fucking monkeys. I hate monkeys. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> anyway, let's try and get this glass out carefully. Uh, we don't want it to crash down below. It'll make a lot of uh, noise. People might know what we're up to. Marky says, uh, Marky just like pushes it and goes, oops. I say, oh, and, see- and I jump forward and grab the glass. <laughs> okay, roll roll to see if you succeed. A fail will be especially bad Okay, in, in that case, case I'm going to use all three of my assets. So I, what I do... <laughs> Is, you take a plus three to Yeah, this. so those three assets. The first thing I have is, so I have like Bond gadgets that they've equipped me. First of all, I've got like, do you know like those metal arms that Spider-Man has in Avengers Infinity War? Yeah, some kind of exosuit kind of yeah, arm. Yeah, some things. of those jump out of, of like a little, um, <laughs> this is standard, you know, London Met <laughs> issue. Uh, and they kind of like give me a bit of extra pull. Um, then I, I, I grab the glass and what are my other assets? Oh, uh, one of my assets, I spent ages in the gym working on my uh, legs, so extra strong. Um, and the third one is that before I was a zookeeper, I also used to be a glazier. <laughs> <laughs> what an odd career path you take. <laughs> yeah, so I get a plus three. And I get, oh, I didn't need it. Anyway, I had 11, so 14, a full success. Whoa, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. All right, fine. You, uh, yeah, you can take yet another proof dice. Uh, and uh, I think uh, you, you, you somehow lean out, catch this uh, this thing before it falls and manage to drag it back in. Uh, and Marky kind of pouts and is like, 
you're no fun. Uh, and uh, and I think uh, Pants kind of seems to be whispering something to Kloss, you notice, in the corner. And Kloss's eyes seem to turn to you and watch you do this with, like, suspicion uh, upon his upon his face. I'm like, oh, the, the metal arms. Uh, yeah, another human experiment. Pants has some interesting theories about your... Hmm... Why exactly did you save that glass from falling on the stupid and pathetic humans? Oh, come on, Klaus, you're a smart ape. If that, we don't want to alert them too early to our plans, if they find out we're up here, they might send police or something. It could ruin our plan at the last moment. I'm just thinking of the plan, Klaus. Very well. We'll see. We're too close now to be riven by distrust. Very well. Um, he, uh, he sort of like starts like uh, assembling the tank, and it's like, they should barely take a... Five minutes. Just someone do a loop of the place. Check there's no uh, no signs of anyone up here with us. Okay. I, I have a little check. Is anyone up here? Uh, roll uh, 2d6. Seven. Partial success. Uh, yeah. You uh, you come back having uh, found nobody, uh, and and sure enough, uh, Klaus is ready to, to roll. The uh, the moth thing is, uh, is done. And I think this is where we will uh, we will have your... Your your final uh, challenge. Yeah. So Klaus is Klaus kind of looks at you and he's like, "I have one last uh, secret to, to tell you." He uh, he sort of brings you in close and he's like, "I have attached to every single one of these moths the vampirus virus. Soon London will be entirely vampiric." Clothless vampires. <laughs> With, can you imagine anything more beautiful? Oh, yeah, that sounds great. Now, Pants there, I know for a fact, has been sent to stop me, trying to investigate our master, Dracul. I knew it. It was the Pants that gave it away. You were right. I hadn't noticed fully until now, but I recognise her now as Agent Verona. Oh, never heard of her. Prove your loyalty to me, Harry. Push her out of that window. Um, yes. And this is the final challenge to prove your loyalty. So let's let's have you roll your, your dice. And you can explain if you succeed, how you do so. Uh, and if you don't, what ends up happening. So I have to roll my, my dice. So first of all, I roll both my self dice. It's not even a problem. I rolled five. Like, I'm not even, I don't even need to use my bloody... I, you know what? I'll, I'll roll one of my... Um, Klaus slaps you on the back and it's like, you're the best damn ape I've ever seen. I love you. I say... Look at you. I guess I say, thanks, boss. But, um... And I start to unzip the onesie and I'm like, there's someone else that wears the pants around here. And I shed my onesie to reveal my full stuff and I pull my gun and I say... London Med, on the ground! <laughs> he snarls and leaps at you, vampiric teeth bared. The others all, like, huddle down to the ground. What do you do? I shoot him. <laughs> Bro- roll your 2d6. Ah, oh, crumbs. This is where I get my fail. I miss. He leaps on you, about to, to get you, uh, and, 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 like, just as he's about to, like, grasp you, he leaps to try and get you and, and push you out of the window and bite you simultaneously. Uh... Uh, Agent Verona uh, emerges from nowhere, uh, ramming him uh, with uh, with part of a table out of the side of the thing, tearing free her latex mask as she does so. And she's like, God damn it, Harry, Harry Oldman, you might be an idiot, but you get results. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she, uh, she's like, uh, she like looks at you with, with love in her eyes and we fade to black, I reckon. I think at the very end, I shit in my hand and rub it on her. And I'm like, you too, Verona. <laughs> 
And then I realized, I'm like, oh God, fucking what have I become? Disgusting. What have I become? And, and illegal and good God. I, I was going to ask if you wanted to go for drinks after this, but Jesus Christ, you just rubbed shit in my face. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so this, this, and you, you, notice, you notice that outside there is, there is a helicopter hovering <laughs> with a light on thing, you both. Yeah. <laughs> and like your boss is like, what the fuck, Harry? <laughs> this this is going to be a serious legal case. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's like some kind of serious harassment. I mean, what is wrong with you? And I think we'll leave it there, Tom. That was marvelous. Thank you so much for being my handler. I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Yeah, yeah. I think I needed to maybe plan more of a, a kind of structured heist a bit. Like, oh, I think with yeah. prep time, it would be a good. It would be a good game. Definitely, but, uh, yeah. To yeah, so. plan it more around. There's a couple of things I did notice. First of all. I know that I was succeeding a lot there. And on one hand, that's okay. On the other hand, I feel like maybe a fail isn't just an ad, but that creates complications. Like if you fail to do something, you then have another check quite soon after when like that, you know, things spiral out of control a bit, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. The main thing I have an issue with is that take, for example, when I had to take out that guard and I knocked him unconscious... Yeah. There was no, th- there was no difference to the game as to whether I actually killed him or knocked him unconscious. Yeah, I think it would be good for us to have a way to, uh, for the GM to like, to like give you self or 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 uh, to give you self or character points along the way the, or something along the way somehow. Actually, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. No, I, th- I think I think it it probably would have to be a little bit more narrative. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, definitely. I did also. <clears throat> Um, have one great idea as well. You know, it'd be really cool if you run this game with a group, only one person is actually the mole and you kind of have to work out along the way who the actual oh, mole God. at the very end, you have to like kill someone and hope it's Becomes the mole. Becomes a literal game of mafia. Yeah, exactly. But with exactly. role playing around it. Uh, so there is one thing this game is missing, Tom. What's that? Uh, quite a, an important thing. A, a name. Oh, yeah. A, a, a beautiful name. I guess monkey game number one isn't going to suffice. <laughs> but the whole point is it doesn't have to be monkeys it could be anything it could be apes uh, or it could be uh cetaceans or it could be <laughs> that's true uh, <laughs> any kind of animal okay a good name something about being like undercover uh or like what's, what's the term for like when you're you, you, you i'm in too deep into into d <laughs> what was that leonardo DiCaprio film called the one that was like the revenant Django no, Unchained. The one from... God fucking damn it, Tom. Just, just stop. What's eating just... Gilbert Grape? <laughs> <laughs> What's eating That's Gilbert it. It was, Ape? It's what... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so Infernal Affairs was like the original version of this. Now, wasn't there like a, a cover of... Infernal Ape Fairs. Look, it doesn't have to be our apes. I think it really does. I refuse to allow anyone to play this game outside of the mythos. Okay, so it's always about it's pretending always to be, about, or an ape pretending to be a human. <laughs> how about how about the planet of the undercover ape? How about just the D parted? Uh, I haven't seen the departed, so I don't get the reference. Uh, Is that really funny? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty funny. The, the, like, I mean, it's, D, it's a film the about, D ape about... parted. Do you mean? Wait, what's the departed about? Tell me again. Uh, it's about uh, a state trooper played by Leonardo DiCaprio going undercover into the Irish, in the Irish mafia. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense then. Yeah, it's good. I really like it. Can we do one better? The Ape Father. <laughs> D 
Departed is very good. I think we might have to use it. I just, I just wish we could get the ape part in there a bit more. Mole ape. <laughs> <laughs> An ape in the mole. He does pretty good. T- got it. Tinker Tailor Soldier Ape. Okay, okay, that is good. It's just you feel much more strongly about the need for an ape in this than I do. How about Secret Ape Apegent? Oh, Secret Apegent is very good. Undercover Aperation? Undercover Aperation's nice. Sound like the ape among us or like... Ooh, that's good. That's a gorilla in our midst. Gorilla in our midst is very good. (laughs) That is very, very good. (laughs) Gorilla in in our midst. (laughs) <laughs> yep, gorilla in our mitts. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Jerry's a gorilla. Gorillas gorillas in our midst is the game. Uh, Perfect. Well, I think Thank that's all we've so got much. time for then. Thank you so much as always, Tom, for playing with me. And thank you so much, everyone, for mm. listening. Now, listen, listeners, we've done our part and we've made you a great game. Now it's your turn to do something for us. And that is yeah. to leave a review and tell your friends. That'd be real swell. Or else yeah, prove man. your loyalty. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Do that indeed. Uh, just remains to say uh, thank you so much to the band Call Me Malcolm for giving us rights to use their music for our intro, middle tro, and outro. You can check them out at callmemalcolm.bandcamp.com. Thank you very much again for listening. I've been Tom Rawson. And I've been Tom Snowden. Have a great ape t- day. Oh, God. Um, it's a, <clears throat> a monkey ape.